And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse 15. Having the sense of hearing while not hearing is a problem. And now with his message for today is our pastor, Robert Elliott. And did God the Holy Spirit initiate Israel's salvation? Did he make it possible for Jews to be saved? Absolutely he did. Christ died for the ungodly, whether they were Jewish or Gentile. Salvation was as possible for Jews as Gentiles. And did God the Holy Spirit send good news preachers and heralds to Israel? Yes, he did. I've just cited three of them. And so the preachers and the heralds were sent to Israel, verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And preachers and heralds did come to preach, the last part of verse 14. And how shall they hear without a preacher? But the majority of Israel did not actually hear what they heard. That's an odd paradox. They did not actually hear what they heard. I see that in verse 14. How then shall they call upon whom him in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Did that mean they never were told? No, that meant they were told and they really didn't hear. And how shall they hear without a preacher? 16a, however, they did not all heed the glad tidings. So they heard, but they didn't hear. The danger of being a Christian in a strong Bible-believing church in a strong Bible preaching church. For all the 50 years of this local assembly, there's been strong Bible teaching. The danger of that is that we would hear without hearing. We'd hear without it moving from our ears and our brains to our hearts and our hands and our feet. If we hear without hearing, we are like the piece of cornbread set in the saucer of buttermilk on the front porch of the home in Alabama. It will sit, it will soak, and it will sour. If we hear God's word and don't really hear God's word so it changes us, we are going to smell like cornbread in buttermilk in the summer. Additionally, verse 16 highlights that this hearing without hearing was predicted some 700 years earlier before Christ was born. Listen to what it was predicted in Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Essentially, the prophet Isaiah predicted that hardly any Jews would believe that this man, Jesus, was Messiah. And Isaiah was predicting for our day and time that hardly any Jews would believe that this man, Jesus, is the Messiah. Does that mean we stop and give up on Jews? No. We share the faith especially with the Jews, to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile. And of course, as history has played out, Isaiah's prophecy prediction is absolutely correct. Listen to first chapter of John 11 to 13. And he, Jesus, and he came to his own, that's the Jews, 
And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So let me summarize. Who is to blame for Israel's unbelief in Jesus Christ, God or Israel themselves? Verse 17 makes it very clear. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Who is to blame for Israel's unbelief in Jesus Christ, God or Israel? Israel is to blame for her own national and personal unbelief in Jesus Christ. Because the word about Jesus Christ has been delivered to the Jews. And because, whereas hearing about Christ was possible, the Jews refused to really hear about him. They heard, but they didn't hear. God deliver us from that. Now, wrapping this up, who is to blame for Israel's rejection of Jesus Christ? I-S-R-A-E-L, not G-O-D. And so human responsibility lives in the courtroom of heaven, which is the only courtroom that matters. Human responsibility lives. Human responsibility will always live where it matters most, in the courtroom of heaven, at the great white throne judgment we talked about this morning. Human responsibility lives. So whether you're Jewish or Gentile, I didn't get around to believing in Jesus because I was busy working, won't cut it. Or I rejected Christ as Savior because of the TV preachers who only wanted my money, it won't cut it. Who will be to blame if a person gets to the great white throne judgment having never trusted Jesus Christ alone to be their Savior? Who will be to blame? They will be to blame. They will be to blame. Israel is to blame for Israel's rejection of Christ because Israel took the root of hearing without hearing. The blame for rejection of salvation is placed nowhere else by the courtroom of heaven. Now let me hasten to say there are Jewish people around the world today who have trusted Yeshua Messiah to be their Savior. There are Jewish people who are hearing while hearing about the gospel about Jesus. They're becoming believers. There are Messianic synagogues and temples all around the world. Praise God for that. And we should give and we should pray and we should go with the gospel to Jewish people. God has not written off Jewish people and we must never write them off. Jews are being saved in this church age and Jews will be saved in the future seven years of tribulation, but they will die a martyr's death. We know that at least 144,000 Jews will be saved in the tribulation. That's not Jehovah's Witnesses. That's Jews who come to faith in Yeshua Messiah in the tribulation. God will see to it that there is a saved remnant within his chosen people, the Jews. Shall we pray? Holy and redeeming God, you have given us your Son, who is worthy of our belief. You have also granted to us the scripture and the people who proclaim it, some from pulpits, but the most from everyday living. 
Lord, may no one who is in the sound of my voice blame shift and duck their responsibility to respond to Christ, trusting him only as their sin remedy. And further, Lord, may no one who is saved ignore or explain away their responsibility to be vocal about their Savior and his plan of salvation. Lord, please give us beautiful feet, lives blooming in beauty and in vigor, delivering the gospel to lost sinners with rapidity, earnestness, and perseverance. Holy God, we want you to be glorified. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Let it be so. Let it be so. And thank you, Pastor Rob, for your message. Now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas, another edition of Youth Talk. Today we want to continue in our series as we bring it to a close, as we talk about waiting and being on the wait list. And you know, one thing is, is that, you know, one holiday or a time of year that has become something that people always talk about and wait on. And even as you, our social media comes that, you know, people have this Christmas countdown. And as we record this, this, this session right here, we are roughly about seven months away from Christmas. And, and we think of that as we, you know, people are starting to, to do the countdown on Christmas. And I don't know what you and when you start to think about Christmas and you know, what it is that why people start to count down so early now. And, you know, the reality is, is that I know Hallmark will have their, you know, usually sometimes something Christmas in July and people try to bring Christmas more. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, sometimes take away from what Christmas is all about. But this morning, we don't want to talk about Christmas, but we want to talk about, you know, just waiting and how some people wait and this morning, we want to look at the life of Joseph. And when I think of Joseph's life, we can think of just, you know, what he went through. And, you know, as we think of it, you know, we can look at how Joseph's life was something that when we think of it, we can look at all the different situations that he went through and problems. But he also knew that God had a plan, as we saw our last couple of weeks into the life of, you know, Paul. But I want to just read from Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 to 11. And I want us to look at this, and I want us to think of Joseph's life, and, and to think of, this is the dreams that he had. As we think of verses, starting at verse 2, it said, These are the family record of Joseph. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wife, and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son, son born to him in his old age, and he made a robe of many colors for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him. And they could not bring themselves to speak peace to him. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him. Even more, he said to them, Listen, 
the dream I had, there were, there we were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him. Are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more. And because of his dream and what he had said, then he had another dream and told it to his brother. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. He told his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this that you've had, he said. Am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come down and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. We see in this passage, we see that Joseph was his dad's favorite son. As it's pretty obvious. Jacob loved Joseph so much that he gave him a special coat. Can you imagine how awkward things must have been between Joseph and his brothers? Joseph knew one day he would rule the nation as he, as he talked to them about these dreams. Instead of keeping his information to himself, Joseph shared with his brothers, which made things awkward. Instead of taking the hint that his brothers didn't appreciate being told, Joseph would one day be their boss. Joseph continued to tell his brothers about these visions or dreams from God. Of course, things got even worse for him. As we think of, as we read, continue on to read in, Joseph, in, in Genesis chapter 37, we see that Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery as they got so upset that they first planned to kill him. But one of the brothers convinced the others to spare his life and sell him to slavery instead. As we think of this, this was probably great, and, and this is part of God's plan. As we think of if Joseph was dead, then he would not be able to fulfill the promises that God had for him in his life. And so when we think of this, we say, we look at it, and we, we look at how all this had changed. Can you imagine what Joseph must have been experiencing when he realized how much his own family hated him while he waited in that well when he realized he had been thrown to a foreign country where he knew no one, while he traveled on the caravan waiting to find out where he would end up and how he'd be treated when he arrived. Again, that's enough uncertainty and loneliness to make enough people give up hope. But that's not even the end of Joseph's misfortunes. As we think of Genesis chapter 39, we think of Joseph's life as, as he, you know, as being left in charge from Potiphar, and, he, and Potiphar said, you can do whatever you want, but just don't do anything to my wife. And so we see here that Potiphar's wife tries to entice Joseph and um, calls him to her room. And we see that Potiphar's wife tries to, to make love with Joseph, and Joseph runs. And we see that he runs out, leaving his cloak, his clothes there. And again, as we see Joseph's life, and we think back to the beginning of the dreams and, and we see all of these different things. We know that he is going through these tough times, but they're not catching God by surprise. You see, just when things were going to look up for Joseph, he faced a new set of difficulties. Can you imagine what Joseph must have been experiencing when he was being preyed upon by powerful people? When he had no one to turn to when he was abandoned by the people he thought were his allies, when he realized he was going to be thrown into jail unjustly, 
Once again, that's enough to make most people give up hope. I ask you, as we close this week, and we're gonna try to look, we're gonna look back at the life of Joseph、um, next week. I want to ask you, if you were Joseph, what would you do? Would you give up? Would you say, you know what, this isn't worth it? And God, how would you give me such clear dreams and visions that one day that I would rule, but now I'm being thrown into prison? Would you trust God? Would you say, you know what, God, whatever I'm going through right now, I leave it to you. I give it over to you, and I will trust in your plan no matter what. Because the reality is, is that we go through so much in life that we just cannot understand, and we don't know what we're going through. We just have to trust God. Or, but you just have no idea. You see, this isn't even the end of Joseph's misfortunes. As we think of Joseph's life, like I said, next week we will pick up as we see Joseph's life as he's in prison and how he continues to just pursue God, even though he's going through a rough time. You know that God had a plan in everything that he went through. This is Pastor Nicholas, and this has been another edition of You Talk. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Well, good morning, listeners. I'm in the radio studio, the recording studio, with my friend, Dr. Stephen Lewis. Good morning, dear brother. Good morning. Dr. Lewis serves as the president of Rocky Mountain Bible College and Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Burr. Burr.、Um, snow to many of our listeners is just something they see on television, but、uh, it does have its own beauty. Now, Dr. Lewis, you've been a Christian for how many years? Oh, I, I, was, I became a believer in 1964, 64. in May of 1964.、So. I trusted Christ in August of 62. So we've both been privileged to know Jesus as our、yeah. Savior for a good many years.、Yeah. But I wonder if you could share this morning what is your favorite Bible verse of all and why? Well, probably in my adult life, I didn't really begin to be discipled until I was in the Navy. And had a good friend named Jack who shared with me the biblical understanding of assurance, and it revolutionized my life. Sure. To know that I can know that I have everlasting life, and I don't have to doubt it, I don't have to try to meet some criteria, I don't have to do all those things. And so, since that time, the, the verse that has been sort of my passion is, this, is a verse, 2 Timothy 2 2, and it's Widely used. In fact, it happens to be the, the, the critical verse of B World. The、But、mission you're with. The mission I'm with, oddly enough. And、uh, I'll read it so I make sure I don't misquote it out of my own memory. And the things which you've heard from many、uh, witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that really is a, a passage that says you teach people so that they can teach people, not just teach people to learn a subject or to know something. It never stops with the person you're teaching. It always is to teach them with a, with a goal in mind that they will teach others. And that's really been a passion of mine. If you go back to some of my old stuff, it's written, it's, you know, I have it etched on old computers and an old iPad that was given to me years ago. It's just something that has really been a part of my existence.、Uh, Because I think too often people think if they fill up a notebook after attending church, For X amount of years, that they've somehow met some criteria of spiritual maturity. 
And I've found that uh, though it's good to take notes, it's good to learn, it's good to, uh, to learn from as many people as you can, but the only place where the answers are found is in God's Word. And so right. if I can get myself to be an example of that, and I began to teach others so that they can teach others, it will not stop with me. It won't be, well, I will, they will always want to listen to my CDs or tapes or whatever they were in those years past, or, or read my books or something of that nature. It will be, I now know I can do it myself. And as much as we may say, well, you know, I want them to really need me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to, but my my goal has always been to work myself out of a job. That's novel. That's novel. Whether it's at the pastoral level, again, caring and nurturing never wears out. But the idea of biblical knowledge, I want them to gain that. And so as I go along, no matter what country I'm teaching, wherever I'm at, or what schools I've taught at, or my students that I've had, I want them to get excited about the Bible so that they will get others excited about it. So that's been a passion. Now, I'd have to say this, though. When I meet with people, one of the things I want them to know right off is that John 3.16 passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is probably the simplest form of the message of life that I have ever encountered in the Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's always in context because it's in the Gospel of John as you read that book. And the purpose of that book was to bring people to saving faith. And believe is the means. Believe, faith, trust is the means by which anyone can come into that relationship with Jesus Christ and possess the free gift of everlasting life. And the real critical aspect of that is not that it's just a gift, but that it's actually everlasting life. And somebody says, well, what if you don't do this? Can you still lose it? I said, wait a minute. So for what did you believe? Was it for everlasting life or ever ever perpetuating probation? <laughs> it isn't everlasting living styles or lifestyles it's everlasting life and i like that people can grasp that from a child's age all the way through to the oldest among us and that to me is my passion of prompt of sharing but again my personal passage of what drives me as a believer and a discipler is this second timothy 2 2 right and just recap it again And the things which you have heard from me, Paul says, in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let me ask you this. Um, Let's be real practical. Um, so, so I am believing that verse. I'm trying to live that verse. And, and uh, Mr. McGillicuddy comes before me, and he's mm-hmm. willing to learn the Bible uh, with my help, learning maybe how to walk with Jesus mm-hmm. by watching me. And then after a little while of doing well, he just messes up. He just disappoints God. He disappoints me. He he drops the ball. He fumbles what he once was holding on to that I carefully passed to him. Sure. How do you respond to that? Well, you know, I, I think, first of all, I would say, I would share with him that he's not the first. <laughs> right. And I've probably done that many times, even if it's not been overt, mm-hmm. it's been in the way of which I've thought and not made Christ preeminent in my life. Yeah. So I would say, okay, if 
from this? Let's just go back here for what, when, for what did you believe and make sure he knows he's, he has assurance and say, okay, now is your everlasting life dependent upon your lifestyle? Well, no, I haven't. Now, is God pleased with that lifestyle? No. So if you want to be pleasing to God, I'd say, okay, there's there's always room to kind of restart that discipling process. Isn't that so beautiful, man? Yeah, no one's beyond the pale or beyond the reach of doing that which needs to be done in order to be discipled. And the thing is, is that we all stumble. If we, if we only disciple from a position of superiority, we will always be disappointed, and they will in turn become disappointed, and their failure multiplies downward, and their work will not go on as God would want it to. So I just believe that, you know, that's a time we just kind of kind of recharge them, bring them to that place and understand it, that their eternal destiny is not predicated upon this. But they need to start in just one, one step at a time. Just, well, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do it this month. I'm going to do it this day and start from there and not beat yourself up. Yeah, because we have an adversary that when we do drop mm-hmm. the ball, he Amen. just wants us to believe we've lost our salvation yep. or there's no hope. Yep. It sounds like what you're talking about is uh, a patient love that uh, you would patiently love that person, encourage them back to what they know to be true, and just take steps forward accordingly. Praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that your forgiveness and grace is of a nature and magnitude that when we do drop the ball, um, we know we can be forgiven as we confess our sin. You're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I pray for the listener today that is hearing this, uh, a concept of having someone mentor them and teach them and show them the way in the scriptures. They would really like that. Please provide that person for them, Lord. Uh, A man with a man, a woman with a woman. And, uh, May that just be evident who could do that for them. On the other side of the coin, Lord, there's people that you've taught some things over the years, and they're wanting to know who to share it with. Help them to be led to those persons who are going to learn it and live it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins at 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. The protocols for this gathering are available on our website, www.calvarybible.org.bs. You can also gain access to the live stream of this service at www.calvarybible.org.bs or on Facebook at CBC Body. That's CBC B O D Y. This service will be streamed live at 10:30 a.m. and replayed at 6:30 p.m. for your convenience. We look forward to your comments and we encourage you to write us at eocradio@gmail.com. At That's eocradio@gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, 
everyone needs the Savior. Savior.